0: Tonight, my title is Spiritual People Have Standards. (laughs) I just knew that was going to punch us in the guts. How are you doing on your standards? Steve Harvey, that great philosopher, (laughs) recently made an interesting statement, actually made a statement ages ago in a book of his called 90 Day Rule. Uh, He said, concerning relationships, that a guy reaches for the girl he can get. Never tell him he could do better, because if he could, he would. (laughs) That's right. Look how all the girls know that. Not one guy in here be quoting Steve Harvey, but all the girls are like, yeah. Yeah. Tonight, my goal is to define for you from the Bible, a biblical perspective, the sources of our strength, the strength by which we set standards for ourselves, and then to show you that there is a source, a spiritual source, that can overshadow all the other sources of strength. Every one of us here have strengths in different ratios and in different places. Some of you are just physically strong have physical strength. I've seen some of you, you're strong at the gym and you're strong at the dining table. Some, eh? Some. Some of you are just strong in your dress code. No, uh, uh, one of those uh, sources uh, is physical uh, strength. Um, I'm, I'm going to take you through five of them, though, from a biblical point of view. And then I'm going to show you I'd like to show you from Scripture how you can find uh, spiritual uh, strength. Why strength is important is that it is no good wanting to have standards but being unable to reach them or constantly failing at your standards. You know that the greatest critic, uh, critic in your life is your own conscience. Did you know that? In fact, if somebody else criticizes you and it doesn't connect or make sense to your conscience, you just reject it. But if somebody criticizes you and your conscience was already thinking that, it strengthens it. So I wanna talk to you about how the Bible deals with that. In 1 John chapter three, from the Amplified Bible, it's up on the screen, it says this. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us, that we would be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it does not know Him. Beloved, we are even here and now children of God. That's a great scripture. It starts out with a great idea. The great idea is that God doesn't just love us a lot or even love us forever only, but that God loves us with a quality of love. It would be wrong to think that all love has the same quality. Some people love intimately, but they're just clingy. Okay. There will be some relationship restarts tonight. You might think, oh, how nice that he or she is always around. They're there for me all the time. But that might not be quality. Maybe they're just stalkers. This song... I'm going to reference now is way too old, but I realize now that some of the 80s stuff is coming back thanks to TikTok. But there is a song that really is the Stalker anthem. I don't know why we loved it in the secular world in the 80s. Every breath I take, every step you take, I'll be watching you. It's creepy. But it was a love song and there was a time when people thought, "Oh that's sweet, it's so nice how he stands over my bed and watches me sleep. <laughs> but that might not be quality. Be careful that something that ever is ever present might all, not always be ever perfect. God has this incredible quality of life. You measure God's quality of life because He has given us something before we've earned it. That was why it was quality. That even now we might be called children of God. Even now, here and now, we are given permission to say that we are children of God. So that even if we feel that we failed God in some kind of way, God's quality of love says, I see you now as I will see you in the future. And I can look at you in your perfect conclusion, not in your present chaos and I can love you. That's perfect love. Nobody else loves you like God loves you. I mean, nobody. I know that you'll meet somebody someday, and they'll say, I love you as you are. They don't mean it, they lie. They do not love you as, as you are. They love you as they can picture themselves changing you. They do, no, they do. Every, Particularly guys, bear in mind that to, to, to every lady, you're a project. You you are you are a a a, a redevelopment uh, uh, opportunity. Quality matters. Um, uh, it, it's funny how that uh, we can we have developed um, uh, we have developed mechanisms like star ratings or Google reviews or mechanism to determine the quality of almost everything in life except the stuff that really matters. Go read some reviews out there. The effort people put into describing their review of a burger. I'm not judging, Cam. I'm not judging. I don't know why you're crawling under your seat now. Cam is SA's number one Google reviewer. I'm not joking. I think he has had 30 million views. On his reviews. I think it's about that, isn't it? The bun was paper thin. (laughs) The patty was as dry as the uh, Sahara Desert. You call that a lettuce. (laughs) So funny. We accept that. And then we only go places where the reviews suggest we should go. But why then are we uncomfortable to measure the quality of spiritual things? Does the Bible not say we should build wisely, not with wood, hay, and stubble, but with gold, silver, and precious stones? So then why is it so wrong when somebody tells you that relationship is just hay, not gold? When somebody tells you that language is just sawdust, elevated to make it quality. Why do we think that quality is something that's an unfair judgment when actually God has called us to a quality life. If you're not a Christian, the rule by which we determine how we want to live our lives is measured by a standard. It's called the standard of living. (laughs) So people have certain standards. I must have my something. But you know, I want to encourage you that the standard of living, which is a measure by which uh, you can... Um, live uh, at an average of, of, of people is not the standard God has called you to. That is a worldly standard. And it is an acceptable worldly standard because people need standards. But God has given us a higher standard to live by. It isn't a standard measured in disposable income. It's a standard measured in disposable character. It is how much integrity you have at the end of all your actions. And we should ask God for quality standard of biblical living. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says this. Do not be deceived or do not deceive yourselves? Uh, If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. That sounds like a contradiction, but here's what it's saying. It's saying, if we are not different in some kind of a contradiction to the world, we haven't found the standard of God yet. haven't found the standard of God yet. This passage of Scripture reminds us that we're not supposed to be as good as the world. We're supposed to live a little better than that. And I wanted to encourage you tonight to figure out how you're determining what is an acceptable standard in your life. For instance... These days it's become popular to say life's too short for bad coffee. And everybody said cannot okay, everybody. Some said. Maybe a more popular statement in this service is to say that life's too short for bad tea. Because there are more tea drinkers in the six PM than it's true. It's true. Not? How many tea drinkers here? Just a quick show of hands, tea drinkers. How many coffee drinkers here? How many of you are not going to put your hand up no matter what I say? (laughs) How many of you brandy and Coke, you just come straight to Jesus. You just walk out there out of your seat and you buy your new, you put your hand up quickly, you didn't know the question was coming and you got saved without you knowing it. We say life's too short for bad coffee. We print it and put it on our T-shirts. But maybe we should say life's too short for other things. Maybe we should say, life's too short to repeat the same mistake. Maybe we should say, life's too short to date you again. Maybe we should say. <laughs> I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Whatever the Holy Spirit needs to deal with. I just, I, I can't believe some of you. I can't believe some of you back in the same mess you were in six months ago. (laughs) Whatever that mess is, stop it. It's life's to have some standards. Can I I tell you, I'm being gentle. The Bible has a verse that is so hectic, I'm too nervous to read it to you. Should I just say it? Some of you, the Bible says, have sinned so much again and again that you're like a dog who goes back to its own vomit. Now, I don't want you to text your other half and say, I was at church tonight and I realised your vomit. I don't want you to do that. That is not the principle. The principle is sin, not person, not person. The problem is the sin, not the person. But here's the thing, it's because you don't have standards that you keep falling into those repetitive sinful habits. If you had standards, you'd say, mm, "Once is enough for me. Dealing with that, I don't need to. I've learnt. I am wise in the standards of the wisdom of the uh, of the of the word, not in the wisdom of the world." Imagine having a sip of some really bitter cup of coffee and then putting it down, and six months later, you go again to the same mug of coffee and try. It's just ridiculous to fail to learn um, from those areas. But here's the problem. If you could, you would walk away. But you can't. (laughs) That's the problem. You're not unaware you're just stuck. You can't help it. So you use catchphrases. The hot ones or the hard ones. <laughs> so much cheese. Or you say, I just can't help myself. Or you say, I keep doing this to myself. There is a biblical principle around that. It is true, you actually can't help yourself. And me standing in front of you and saying, don't be a dog, will not change your ability to make different choices. And and, and I'll show you that in a moment. Luke chapter six, from the message says, uh, why are you so polite with me? Jesus is talking. Always saying, yes, sir, that's right, sir. But you never do a thing I tell you. These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundation words, words to build a life on. That's a great reinterpretation of Luke chapter 6. So we talked about sources of power. And I, I want to, um, you to follow a pattern here. So I'm going to activate a pattern in these five sources of power or, or strength. And that is the ability to set standards. Strength in this conversation is about having the ability to set standards. And um, you can even give yourself maybe a score out of 10 on these five uh, sources of strength. So so first of all, you get physical power. Um, uh, I, I, I think... Um, we might have the the types of uh, power up on the screen for you, and uh, it'll give you an opportunity to uh, do a, a measure one by one. First of all, uh, physical power. So um, the, the idea is that some of you are just physically capable. You, you may not know this, but we tease Vincent quite a lot about this. It's okay if it's not on the screen. I may have typed it up later. Um you may not know this about Vincent, but we, we 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 do tease Vincent about this. Vincent is deceptively strong he is deceptively strong. Vincent can, with two fingers claw himself up a mountain, and we constantly joke about this, and he 's had surgery on his arm and all that, so we just we think he 's bionic. we think there 's something else going on that is not it 's in the sci fi section of the movie in the movie section. Some of you are just physically strong. Some of you, I've seen you at the gym, you're ridiculously strong. Um, and it is impressive to watch. All of us have um, a, a tap-out point, does, don't we, in our physical strength. Uh, especially if you've ever d- done this, perhaps in some form of exercise. Have Have you ever um, exercised your physical strength so much as made you sick? Anybody ever done that? Like you're nauseous and you're going to... That's that's your, like, tap-out moment, right? I, I, I know that for one or two of you, that's when you do calves um, or, or leg day. But um, some people just have physical uh, strength. Uh, some people have mental strength. Um, I mean, we all have some physical strength, so you can give yourself a mark out of 10, and then mental strength. That's like the – by mental strength, I just mean the, like um, – you know, the first one to blink, kind of person. You just you're you're not sucker, but but you, I mean, maybe you, you maybe you're close. Like you just got mental machinery going on. Like you can stare down demons. You can, you know, people can criticize you, it makes you smile. Uh, you can take. You love the comment section of your. Rg uh, posts. You're like, I don't care. Water off a duck's back. Just ah. mental strength. You have the kind of uh, mental strength uh, that when you put your mind to it, uh, you're unshakable. Some people have moral power. High moral power. We all have some kind of moral power. Just a high moral power. No matter how much you tempt them, uh, they seem pretty solid. Do you see what I mean? It just seem pretty solid. Uh, you could leave uh, your, your food there, and they won't touch it. You could leave a wallet there, and they won't look in it. You could leave your Facebook page open, and they won't update your status. <laughs> Is that not the new standard of moral like? Uh, um, but it also means that Um, They have the kind of moral uh, authority or moral strength. And by the way, this is whether you're a Christian or not. I know some people who are not Christians who beat some Christians on moral strength. Just don't accept. They just don't accept corruption or they don't accept certain things. Uh, Some people, uh, fourthly, uh, have particularly high willpower. I don't know if you ever watched those tests they do, they did them with kids. to see, uh, really, I mean, scientifically it was to see, um, you know, how, how much a trust a child has in a statement. But to me it just looked like it was a test of sin and how early it starts. Because they would put, <laughs> they would put, they would put some sweets out and they said to the kid, if the sweets are still here when we come back, then you're going to get double. And almost always the boys... Start, and they have you seen? Have you seen the clip? Oh, you've seen the clip. Smell it, lick it, damage. And as <laughs> goes with the boys, when the adult comes back, he points at her. But some people just have incredible willpower. Um, if they say to themselves, uh, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the Iron Man." Um, They're willing to dedicate a year of their lives to um, getting out in the rain and in the shine. And uh, I live on Mount Road, so I see some of you uh, doing the hill climbs. And um, I'm having a lovely cup of coffee. And I'm just praying over you and thanking Jesus that he did not put that assignment on my life. And I I know he didn't because it happens on a Sunday, and Jesus already told me what I'm doing on a Sunday. So Iron Man isn't uh, one of those things. And it, it is just one less tattoo that I have to get. But some of them just have incredible willpower. You could push yourself physically to the point in which you get sick. You could push yourself mentally to the point in which you get sick. You can push yourself morally to the point where you do something makes you sick, and you can push push yourself in willpower to the point that it sickens you to not do what you committed to do. You don't feel yourself. But all of those are equally available and can be tapped in Christian and non-Christian alike. And I think we as the church should perhaps stop acting like everybody who's not a Christian is a horrible person and everybody who is a Christian is a saint. That is not fair. There are some incredibly nice people who are not Christians. And it makes me want to invite them to become Christians because I wouldn't like uh, heaven um, without you in it. There are some saints... um, that I feel uh, the Lord must continue his wonderful work in their lives. And perhaps they can live in another part of heaven. (laughs) But there is a fifth source that is incredibly important to all of us uh, who are following a spiritual journey. And that's the source of spiritual power. And I, I put a pattern there because I want to invite you to something that is both beautiful And radical. If you will allow the Holy Spirit to rule in your heart, he will raise a standard in you by making you feel sick at the alternative. Sin will repulse you. So when you say yes to Jesus, raising a stand, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. If you say yes to the Lord on this, then I, I want you to know what will happen is it will it'll be stuck in your throat, a nauseous feeling, an uncomfortableness if you'll let the Holy Spirit rule and reign in your heart when you are too close to danger. And for this reason, many Christians avoid the Holy Spirit. I used to think that the Holy Spirit was avoided because Christians didn't want to be weird. And it is true that a lot of Spirit-filled Christians can be a little weird. And I'm not inviting you to weirdness. I'm inviting you to spiritual strength. God bless the sneezes. Um, I'm inviting you to spiritual strength. All that other stuff you see and hear about the Spirit-filled life, the gifts of the Spirit and the manifestations of the Spirit, and these are all true, but they would be out of balance if you didn't also have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit produces the character that can carry the gifts of the Spirit, which produces the quantity and quality of the call of God in your life. So you have to start by embracing things that even let me let me be blunt about this. Even in my spirit spirit-filled life, even if I tried to step into a violation of the word and will of God, it'll sicken me. And I will realize I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about this. It's not a judgmental kind of thing, it is the kind of thing that calls me into a higher standard. Too many Christians are carnal and not spirit-filled. And that includes people who have lots of spiritual gifts, but they are still not spirit-filled. Because having a spiritual gift does not mean that you have spiritual strength. The gift is all because of the giver. The strength is because of the character. So I want to invite you to allow the Holy Spirit tonight to fill you And to give you a source of strength that is greater than physical strength, moral strength, mental strength, willpower strength, stronger than all of those things is the unction of the Holy Spirit inside of you. The Spirit compels me, Paul says. I just can't help it. Jeremiah says it's like fire in my bones. I just, I can't sleep and I can't rest and I can't settle until I've done the thing that God has called me to do. I am propelled by the Holy Spirit. Paul said, uh, in every city I go, people warn me, your life's in danger, your life's in danger, but you only know said, but the Spirit has told me to go. I just, I couldn't even if I tried, I couldn't. In fact, uh, he He goes on to say, I was on my way to one town, but in the middle of the night, an angel visited me. You will be so uh, prompted and prodded by the Spirit that it'll get harder and harder to go the wrong way and lighter and lighter to go the right way. Now you are filled with the Spirit and now authority and power of the Holy Spirit enters into your life. And now you might say, I've got spiritual standards. And propelled. Somebody might look at you and say, Well, that's crazy. Why would you suffer like that? Why would you put yourself through that? Why would you have to do that? And you will laugh at them and say, I don't have to, I desire to. Literally, the tables are flipped, and you will now say, I worship because I can't help myself. I want to be upset with the Lord or disappointed with the saints. But when the song starts, the toes tap. Because I can't help myself. When you used to say, I fall into this temptation or into this sin because I can't help myself, you will now say, I pray for my enemy because I can't help myself. And your life is transformed. And that which was the bottom is now at the top. And that which was at the top is now at the bottom. And truly you will be able to say, I'm born again because it's all started fresh. You need this. You need the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. How then should you have a standard of living? Well, first of all, you need a standard of believing. You need the Holy Spirit to come into your life and say, I just don't believe that, or to say, I really do believe that. Most people fall into the trap, not of believing things, but of knowing things. Jesus is Lord, yes, I know that. Good, knowing is not believing. The Bible is so blunt about it, in the book of James, it says, even the devil knows that. He trembles with fear. You should be joyful with uh, praise. So, so knowing and believing is really not the same thing. Uh, <clears throat> I, I know, for instance, that uh, coffee is not good for me after 5 p.m. But every now and then I just refuse to believe it. And I have a cup. And I know all about it at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm full of ideas. Because even though I knew something, it didn't change my action. Only believing something changes action. In fact, some people are in this room, you believe the wrong thing and you're actually taking action on that belief. Imagine if you believed the right thing and took action on that belief, what great things it would produce in you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, I beg you that when I uh, come, Um, I, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some of you who think that we live by the standards of this world. Paul writes to the Corinthians, the Greeks, the place we're going to go visit. Come with, you should come to Cyprus. He writes to them and he says, please don't make me come to you and tell you to stop thinking like the rest of the world and start thinking and believing by better standards. Why do I pray? Because I believe it works. I don't know how it works. I believe it. I believe it works. Why do I read my Bible? Because I believe God can talk to me through it. I don't just know my Bible, and I know a decent chunk of it, but I read it for believing, not for knowing. I mean, I can read anything for knowing. The back of a food item, oh, that's interesting to know. There's nothing to my believing. My believing is, I read it because I believe God can talk to me and a byproduct is I know what I read. But the, the believing is in the hearing. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, 1, Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 13 from the Amplified Bible says this. Uh, Each one, um, each one's works will be clearly shown for what it is, for the Day of Judgment will disclose it because it is um, uh, to be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality and character and worth of each person's work. So the second way uh, you build a spiritual standard is by, uh, by the quality or standard of your building. Uh, do you know, um, people are very worried, I get asked this a lot, Uh, you know, is there really a a hell and is it really forever and are there really fires? And, do you know, um, eternity is a great mystery. Uh, I'm confident that heaven is my home and I'm confident that those who don't accept Jesus won't be in heaven. But let me tell you what I know about fire. Uh, I know a few things concerning scriptures about it, that hell is a real place that it was never created for man, but it was created for fallen angels who became demons, and that if we keep company with demons, we will go where they live. But there is another kind of fire that I welcome. That's the refiner's fire. It tests the quality of my work. I don't mind. Let a marriage go through a tough few days and make sure it's made of strong stuff. Let a church go through a tough season. You find out where your gold is and where your woods stubble and hay was. Let your heart get a few no's from heaven and help it clarify and purge the impurities so what you know is worth something. Be careful. The devil is a master of packaging. It looks good, doesn't have much quality. Have you seen those? I mean, I've got another minute and I've got one more point. I'm actually going to finish on time today, which is really a miraculous, thanks for laughing, Matt, which really is a (laughs) miraculous thing. Have you seen those videos where they expose like uh, the marketing packaging versus the real thing? You've seen that online? I almost don't need to preach to you now. I just need to put a list of YouTube clips and you're like, ah, I see where he's going but literally there are like shocking examples of a box of chocolates this big and then eight little little biscuits and in the window and those are the only eight biscuits you get when you open it the rest of the box is empty that's the devil (laughs) and i'm not talking about biscuits i'm talking about your life you're buying stuff because of the packaging. You think you're getting a full box. Here's where I make jokes about how that you are not a full box. That was really a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Finally, uh, so, so you, you need a standard of believing, a standard of building, and then a standard of beginning. Do you know, um, that felt like somebody was having a revival there. You guys Okay. Um, The charismatic, I'm a recovering charismatic. um, The charismatic in me would have said, Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Um, Do you know, uh, the way some people start things, I don't know how they expect it to get better. You're still in one relationship, you started a second one. How do you think that's going to work out? It's a bad start. I remember a few years ago, well, actually, I missed this. I do miss it. But you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. In fact, don't do it. In fact, in the name of Jesus, don't do it. In fact, I'm, I'm sorry I even brought it up. I remember when we were running four services in our previous small building. That first service was 8.30. We'd have people standing outside ready for church. I'd say, "Cheepers, you're up early. And they're like, we haven't slept yet. Straight from the party. I'm like, saint, you're not starting well. People start their businesses and they do underhanded dealings. How do you think that's going to go? They tell me they're not going to give financially to the house of the Lord or tithe until they have enough, but they mysteriously never have enough. It's just starting badly. How you start matters. Maybe you don't live together until you get married. Just to start well. Just to start well. Just to say, that's a good way to start. Don't make it anything more complicated than that. I know, I hear it all the time. Pastor, if we wanted to, we could, even if we don't live together. That is the standard of this world. Just to say, I started well. Why not do that? Why not on your first paycheck? Maybe your first allowance, not your first loan. <laughs> because tithing on your loan doesn't sanctify the loan, okay? You just have to pay it off. But maybe, the first, maybe your first, like, I, I'm, I was blessed with a hundred bucks, and you know what? I'm going to honor the Lord with my first fruits because how I start matters. It really matters. How you start your day? I do discipline myself in this. I start my day, sort of checking my phone on various things. The problem with checking your phone is, okay, that's nice messages, scripture of the day. Uh, how did the YouTube clip uh, from Sunday do? How many people viewed it? Shorts, YouTube shorts. Like, what, why am I being assaulted by this angry person? That's not how one. That's not a good start to the day. I gotta go. Actually, I'm not gonna do any of that. I'm gonna sync my phone Bluetooth to my soundbar, and when my alarm goes off, instead of traumatizing me with an aggressive alarm, I'ma have gospel instrumental play through the soundbar for the first 30 minutes of my day because start the way you start matters. Can you say amen? It matters. When you enter into something new, why don't you do it with a prayer? Hey, we're going to start a business together with us and me and these three buddies. Okay, the first thing we do, we're going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to bless this business. Start well. 1 Peter 3 says, But let it be the inner beauty of the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable quality and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit one that is calm and self-controlled, not obno- uh, not over-anxious, but sincere, spiritually mature, which is very precious in the sight of God. We try so hard to start with external things, and the Scripture is reminding us to start with internal things. Sometimes the way you start can be amazing. I want to conclude by telling you this really remarkable moment after church this morning. I posted it on my socials. I preached the message uh, And this morning, you can find it on YouTube, it'll um, help the algorithm if you go watch it and like it. (sighs) And I preached a message, message, and in the story, in the example, was a story about diving. And diving, um, there's this line underground in cave diving, they call the golden line. It's the first person puts it in, and It's got hooks on it so that everyone else who goes can hook themselves to the golden line and go and explore. But if they get lost, they can pull tight the cord and make their way back to the golden line. Jesus is our golden line. He went first. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He came to the beginning and took us all the way to the end. And as long as we hook ourselves to him, we could explore anywhere in the parameters of life, but we've got to stay connected to the head and to the golden line. It was a cool message. You should have been there. No, I'm joking. You're here. You're here. That's completely valid. The cool part of the story was obviously not me talking about the message. It was that two guys waited for me afterwards, and they waited and waited and waited, and I prayed for people and prayed for people, but they waited. They wanted to tell me something. They had something in their hand. So I said, "Gents, I can help you." They both had the same name, coincidentally. They said, "We are in PE under contract. We're professional construction engineering divers." And we want to stay longer here. And this is our first time to Father's house. And when we got out the car, we said to ourselves, we're going to ask the pastor to pray for our business. So they brought their construction vest with the name of their diving company on it into church with them in the hopes that the pastor will pray for their diving company afterwards. And they're sitting in the service. Is he talking about diving right now? Hey amen. He um, has his eye, if he has his eye on the sparrow, he watches over you. He watches over you. Start well and get heaven's attention. Forget about sp- starting quick to get somebody else's attention. Heaven's attention gets you all the way home. Can you say amen? And with eight seconds on the clock, would you please stand? So, um, there's a great coffee shop. Please stick around and and don't, don't rush off. Like we we want to be family, hang out. And but there's also a prayer a team in front. Any time you just come forward after the service, you want to chat to somebody, pray for you, do it. There's communion on either side. So you can take communion, share it with your spouse, your husband, your friend. Hey, let's pray together and have communion. Or if you have a need and you would like to be prayed for, there's a prayer card. You write it down. You can keep it confidential or you can include your name. Or if God has been kind to you and you've got a testimony, you write it down. We'll celebrate together as pastors and leaders when we open those cards and read them on Tuesday or Wednesday at our staff meeting. I wanted to say all of that to say that um, I think the most important prayer I would like to pray with you tonight, actually they're they're too positive. The most important prayer is to invite those of you who don't know Jesus to say yes to him. You need to cross the line and you need to allow Jesus to be Lord of your life. It's it's the golden line. (laughs) You can go anywhere from there as long as you're connected to him. And then the second is that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that your power, by which you establish your standards, is not just by those other four sources, but it is the overriding, overarching authority of the Holy Spirit. And if we could do that, that would be great. So could you close your eyes for a moment and then listen to that first prayer. Uh, you saying yes to Jesus if you've been an observer to the faith or an inquirer of the faith or an investigator of the faith, or you've even sort of hung around the faith, you sort of lingered around it, but you realize you have to go from knowing to believing for yourself. Like it's it conscious, okay, I know about that. It's gotta be, now. I believe that. I live that. I run my life by it. That's me. If that's where you're at, I would love to just pray a prayer with you. And I am going to do this awkward thing of asking you to put your hand up, um, only because I want to direct my prayer at your action. Some action on your part that says, I I need to pray that prayer, it activates something on the inside of you to uh, take an action. So if that's where you're at tonight, I I would love to pray with you. And all I ask you to do is raise your hand uh, long enough for me to see it, and then we'll pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I I see you guys putting your hands up. Thank you. Thank you. What we're going to do is put a prayer up on the screen. We're going to pray it. I'm going to pray it out loud. You follow me under your breath or mumble it if you want. And after the service, you're welcome to come uh, and tell us you prayed the prayer, if you would like. And we'll give you a Bible if you don't have one. It's free of charge. I'll just give you a New Testament. And we'd love to get an email address from you so we can invite you to an Alpha experience, which is a free 10-week course, uh, one night a week, that just helps you establish your faith. So that's our track for you. That's our recommendation for you. Here's the prayer. Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible that whoever hears your words and believes God sent you to set me free from my debt of sin has eternal life and will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you and I receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I now cross over from death to life. Amen. Do you want to give a clap of thanksgiving for those who prayed that prayer? I hope you prayed the prayer. And now let me pray for you concerning the Holy Spirit. Father, will you fill us? Not only fill us, will you cause for our well of living water depicting the Holy Spirit to run over? Would you help us recognize that our strength is not by might or power, but by your Spirit? Would you teach us that we can't stare down sin or the devil and we can't mentally work our way around it? And there's no physical strength that will beat it. The strength comes from the Spirit. May we be spirit-filled. May this church be spirit-filled. May men and women who come and encounter both the gospel, this church, its worship, and its people feel the freedom of being strong spiritually. Would you fill our batteries and make us strong? Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. One last shout of praise, everybody. and.